aboard another edition of a show to be named later. It is July 17th, 2018. We are coming to you before the MLB All-Star Game. Baseball story I want to get to. And that is Jacob DeGrom being let down by his team every five days as he goes out there and posts one of the best seasons ever for a starting pitcher, only to wind up with his uh, record looking terrible. He could have the worst record for any Cy Young Award winner. We'll talk about that. And then I want to get to some home run derby thoughts and Bryce Harper and a script that I don't think baseball could have written any better. We'll talk about that later. But first, Jacob DeGrom and the New York Mets. And the pitcher with a sub-2 ERA who's having one of the best years of all time, who's posting one of the best ERAs, if not the best ERA, since they lowered the mound in 1968 after Bob Gibson dominated hitters. Jacob DeGrom is having a year for the ages. A generational, Hall of Fame, all-time legend type season. And you wouldn't know it if you just look at his wins-loss, win-loss record. Which is part of the reason why I hate pitcher wins, but that's for another time and another day. Jacob DeGrom is having an all-time great season. Jacob DeGrom is going to be the National League Cy Young. Jacob DeGrom, if the All-Star game were played in any other city this year, would have been the runaway starter for the National League. But it's being played in Washington, and the reigning Cy Young Award winner, Max Scherzer, is playing in his home park. So he gets the start. That's how it goes. That's baseball. But here's the interesting thing from this All-Star Week with Jacob deGrom. The interesting thing is what happened yesterday with Jacob deGrom. Practice day, workout day, home run derby day. Something where Jacob deGrom had nothing to do. Where he was just talking to the media. And the interesting stuff didn't even come from Jacob deGrom himself. It came from his agent. Who told the Athletic... That DeGrom is interested in exploring a long-term partnership that would keep him in a Mets uniform for years to come. But if the Mets don't share the same interest, we believe their best course of action is to seriously consider trade opportunities now. Now think about that. Think about that statement that was made by Jacob DeGrom's agent. Think about that statement. To me, my first reaction was Jacob deGrom just asked to be traded. Jacob deGrom just requested that he be let out of this baseball jail at City Field. That he be allowed to get to a better team. To fluff that win-loss record. To compete. For a World Series. Something that he could do. Something that he could bring a team and a city almost by himself. You think that one of these teams out there, one of these contenders, wouldn't love to add Jacob DeGrom? I know one just across the city from the Mets that would add him in a heartbeat. And he would make the Yankees odds-on favorites. 
How many other teams, if they could get Jacob DeGrom, would become the World Series favorite or at least the favorite to go win their league and make it to the World Series? There are plenty of them out there. Dodgers, Phillies, Braves, Yankees, Red Sox. It's just five off the top of my head. That would be made significantly better if DeGrom were traded to them. But that's not the point. The point is that Jacob DeGrom sees his time to strike. His time to strike, his time to make an impact is now. Because he's already 30 years old. He hits free agency in two more years. And he will be 32. So he wants security or he wants to win. Right? There is no later for Jacob DeGrom. He is not going to hit free agency when he does. He's not going to cash in big. He's already going to be 32. There is no long-term deal there for Jacob DeGrom, if not from the Mets right now. DeGrom knows that. The Mets know that. So he wants to push the envelope. He wants to press the Mets on this issue. Sign me now. Pay me now. Lock me up now. Or trade me. And let me win. Let me get out of baseball purgatory. Let me get out of baseball jail. Whatever you want to call it. Let me get out of City Field. And let me get out of this Mets uniform. That is what Jacob deGrom was saying to them yesterday. Pay me. Offer me security. Or offer me a chance to win. And if you can't do that, then we'll have a problem. But my first reaction when reading these statements, my first reaction when they came across the Twitter timeline, is he wants out. He is asking for a trade. And I was surprised to see it. Because he's been a Met. He's been the face of that team now for a couple of years. He led them to a World Series along with Matt Harvey. And David Wright. He was that team. He took the mantle from David Wright as Mr. Met. Or so it seemed. And he's put up such a great season this year that I would imagine it has to be frustrating. It has to be frustrating going out there every five days, posting a 1.68 ERA, a whip that is unbelievable. He allows less than a base runner per inning. Yet his team can't win games. Yet his team is in dead last. One of the worst teams in the National League, one of the worst teams in baseball. This has to be frustrating. And so this is the only course of action. This is the only way to make some kind of a change. And as I mentioned, there is no big payday waiting for him when he hits free agency. He's not 27. And he's not going to hit free agency at 28 or 29. He is 30. Hitting free agency at 32. Already probably considered too old by some teams to make a significant investment in. Now is when he has the leverage. Now. 
with this season that he is posting. Now is his chance. Right now is when he has to take his career into his own hands, and that's what he's doing. He has decided to say, it's my career, it's my choice, I want security, I want to get paid, or I want to win. And now the Mets will need to answer. The Mets will need to figure out the way to make this right for Jacob DeGrom. I think the Mets want to keep Jacob DeGrom. I would think they want him on the roster. But everything in my gut, everything in my years of watching baseball tells me this is heading towards a trade. Maybe not now, maybe not in the next two weeks before the deadline, but this is heading for a trade. And that's what the Mets should do, by the way. The Mets should trade Jacob DeGrom because they're not close to winning. Their team is not good. They've got a couple of bad contracts, and they have no minor league system to speak of whatsoever. The Mets should trade Jacob DeGrom, or at the very least should explore it. Sitting here as a Yankee fan, I know what trading big assets can do. Look at what the Yankees did two years ago at the deadline. Look at what they traded away. They were 500. They could have decided, now we're going to play out the string. We're going to make a run. We're going to try and get that wild card spot. They could have tried that. But instead, they traded away Araldis Chapman, Andrew Miller, Carlos Beltran. Look at what it got them. Glaber Torres comes back for Chapman. Clint Frazier comes back for Andrew Miller. Oh, by the way, Frazier might not have even been the best piece in that trade. We'll see Justice Sheffield in Yankee uniform at some point in this summer, or maybe traded for Manny Machado or somebody else. Those trades changed the course of Yankee history. That is not an exaggeration. Those trades changed the course of Yankee history. And the Mets have a chance with a bigger piece, a better piece, in Jacob deGrom to do the same for themselves, to do the same for that franchise. And the fact that they may not to me, seems like malpractice. Jacob deGrom put the pressure on the Mets to do what they should do. Decide he's your franchise guy. Decide you want him to be a long, a lifelong Met. Or cut him loose and trade him and reset. I would opt for the latter. Let's take a break to remind you that if you miss any of our shows on ESPN Syracuse, you can catch up with our best of podcasts on the block on demand with Brent Axe, the Daniel Baldwin Show, Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and myself. When we return on August 6th, they're all on ESPNSyracuse.com or you subscribe on iTunes. Just search ESPN Syracuse. You know that already. You're listening to a podcast right now. You know where to find them, so just listen to all the other ones as well, and you can get them delivered straight to your phone every day as soon as they are posted when you subscribe on iTunes. While you're on ESPNSyracuse.com, check out the Audio Vault. Listen back to all of our interviews nice and neatly packaged for you, cut up, 
and set, sent out by themselves. It's all right there on ESPNSyracuse.com. All right, now back to a show to be named later. All right, back here on a show to be named later. And, and the second thing I had to get to is the home run derby and what happened last night at Nationals Park. I'm not surprised that Bryce Harper won, but the way he won in that script, uh, it, it seemed like something that could only be written by Major League Baseball, right? It would make you think that that was something that Major League Baseball cooked up in a back room and was like, hey, you're going to fall behind big. You're going to have to hit a whole bunch of home runs in in the last minute, and then you're going to hit a walk-off in this extra time, in this extra period. And it was incredible. And it was one of those things that when you look and you watch what Bryce Harper did, and I know it's glorified batting practice, but it's an exhibition of skills, right? It's it's an exhibition of what a player can do. And it was nothing short of outstanding. It was nothing short of remarkable. When you watched Bryce Harper get into the box and rip off nine home runs in a minute. Nine home runs in ten swings. It's just one of those things that you don't think is possible. It's one of those things that doesn't seem realistic, seems video game-like, seems impossible to do even in a video game. And Bryce Harper came out last night and did that. Bryce Harper came out last night and just ripped off home run after home run. It was truly incredible to watch. And I don't think it could have happened in a better place. It wouldn't have happened in any other place. He had to do that at Nationals Park. He's only the third player ever to win home run derby in his home stadium, and you could tell that it meant something, right? He shows up in the bandana, which was apparently the Washington, D.C. flag, has the arm sleeve, that's the American flag, the bat is all painted in red, white, and blue. He had to do it there. He had to win the home run derby in Nationals Park. The headliner of the field had to win because that's what Bryce Harper was. Bryce Harper was not just one of eight. It was Bryce Harper and everybody else who was in the home run derby. And Bryce Harper had to win. And he did. In this weird, magical, seeming way, magical feeling way. Bryce Harper won the home run derby. And I'm not using this as a thing to say, oh, wow, that's a huge moment for him in his Washington Nationals career. Maybe. Maybe. I I mean, you're talking about a guy who has never gotten out of the first round of the playoffs, a team that has never gotten out of the first round of the playoffs with Bryce Harper on their roster or not. But it was an exhibition. It was glorified batting practice. So let's not go overboard in that regard. But it did feel like a big moment for Bryce. It felt like a culmination early in his career. Him on a huge stage. A decade ago, think about this, a decade ago, he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. He was a 16-year-old superstar prospect, hot shot, out in Las Vegas. He was hitting home runs to the back of Tropicana Field in high school all-star games. Hitting tape measure shots, throwing 95 miles an hour. He was a star at 16. 
That was 10 years ago. Since then, he's been taken number one overall in the draft, made his major league debut at 19, won an MVP at 23. But he feels like a disappointment at times, doesn't he? He's hitting 190 since the beginning of May. There's some untapped potential left with Bryce Harper. But last night felt like a big moment. It felt like something that was being led up to for a decade. It felt like something that was coming ever since that Sports Illustrated came to my door and a 16-year-old Bryce Harper was on the cover. A kid nine months older than me, right? I'm opening that up. I'm in high school. And Bryce Harper, this 16-year-old from Las Vegas, is on the cover. Look at him. He's arrogant. He's hitting 500-foot home runs. He's hitting, he's hitting 95 miles an hour on the radar gun. He's got a cockiness and a swagger to him. And 10 years later, he's still got that cockiness. He's still got that swagger. Right? He showed up last night in a bandana. Dazzling in red, white, and blue. Socks, sleeve, headband, bat, cleats. He's still got that cockiness, that arrogance, that swagger. And last night it won him a home run derby. Right? Last night, that won him a home run derby. The arrogance in him. The swagger in him. The I don't care, I'm better than you in Bryce Harper won Bryce Harper that home run derby. Because when he's down by 10 home runs with a minute to go, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. And he hits nine home runs in a minute. To tie you and one more to beat you. Just for good measure. He is that guy. He is a star. And this felt like something a decade in the making. Yeah, he's a free agent at the end of the year. Yeah, he might not go back to Washington. Yeah, he might sign with however many teams are out there. Yankees, Cubs, Dodgers, everybody's going to be after him. Everybody. Let's not kid ourselves. Last night felt like a big deal for Bryce Harper, even if it was something stupid like the Home Run Derby, something that doesn't matter like the Home Run Derby. That felt like a big moment for him. Maybe because he's been on the pedestal for such a long time, because he's been built up to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated at 16. It felt like last night was a long time in the making. Bryce Harper is here. He's got a half of season of baseball left. And then he's got one of the most intriguing free agencies in baseball history ahead of him. And that will be something worth watching. All right, that does it for us today on a show to be named later. Follow me on Twitter at SethGoldberg17. Like my Facebook page as well, Seth Goldberg on Facebook, so you can find that. And uh, we'll put out the podcast there. And uh, anything else we do on the ESPN Syracuse website will go out through my Twitter and Facebook 
pages. And uh, don't forget to subscribe to ESPN Syracuse on iTunes to get these podcasts sent to you every day straight to your phone. We'll talk to you again tomorrow on a show to be named later.